a listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one it is a Sunday, April the 2nd. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And another round in the books, Will, and another round where people were 100% happy with the umpiring and the way the rules are adjudicated. The end. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> this one, though, is a classic when it comes to – because you know what my attitude to AFL rules and their interpretation is. I'm just like – I just like to watch the world burn. More chaos. You're the joker. Of course the rules infuriate you because the rules are incredibly subjective on every level. If we paid every breach of the law, it would be a game that is constantly being stopped because there are the way that we want the game to be played is in breach of the law. Like society operates better if everybody just pushes it a little bit <laughs> and then occasionally they're like, hang on, you know what? You're going too fast around schools. We're going to have to yeah. do something about that, right? And it's the same with AFL, which is it's always in chaos. Yeah. The entire game is in chaos. It is a game of chaos in perpetual motion. Mm. And the only problem with <laughs> AFL, both as a sport itself and as an institution, is when it slows down. A couple of years ago, you know, three, four years, remember the dark days? Remember when we thought yeah. footy was going to be shit forever again? We were like, oh, they've worked it out and they've ruined it and footy's shit now and we're going to have to yeah. keep watching it forever because we remember when it was good and this is like the modern yeah. version of a game we used to like. And now footy's great again. Like it's been so good. It's so entertaining. Like I feel like this is just a great patch for the AFL in general. There's just so much entertainment and storylines and every week, every week for this entire season – People will not be happy about the umpiring in some way. Can we not just resign ourselves to the fact that that is the way of things? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the world that we live in, except your own universe. Well, it is interesting. Okay, for those of you who, if you know, you're a footy fan, how could you have missed it? This is what happened. This is the uh, a free kick was paid against Steve Cornelio for dissent, and this is the umpire's explanation. Dissent. All clear, Flurry. All clear and dissent. So it's going to be a Carlton free kick. Here, descent. So it's not what he said. And then the descent. So no, it wasn't you, Steve Nicolio. So there was a decision not paid. So the ball had gone through, and then he's gone. How is that not a free kick? So that's descent. It's descent. Really got into it, didn't he? he <laughs> First was, off, great acting by the umpire I mean, in question. He was recreating it. I was like, this guy is, I feels like a reliable witness. Or maybe he's leaning into it a little too hard. Because like he knows he's, really... he's mucked up. <laughs> 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 it's like, I better make it sound. Yeah. It's like when you're at a party and you're telling an anecdote yeah. and you realise that no one's that interested and you start souping it up halfway through, just adding like stuff to just give it a bit of flavour. And I saw the nature of a primitive man in his eyes. <laughs> and I thought... <laughs> I thought my life was in danger. Yeah. He looked like he was going to kill me. I'm pretty sure he whispered something about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's funny because I'm a bit confused about where this rule is. Like, I thought originally it was arms out is 50. That's, you know, that's the Jared Waitley line last year. Arms out is 50. So then 
there seems to be some confusion around, like it's any kind of descent now. So like, because if you look at the vision, he does have his arms out, but also he's a guy who's just run probably 12 kilometers a game. Like his arms are everywhere. Like he's just trying to catch his breath. I think, you know, we shouldn't be holding players to demonstrative body language too much. But then the language about, oh no, uh, the, the umpire said it wasn't the language, it was the way he remonstrated. But then there's also this thing about, well, is it abuse of umpires? Does that rule still exist? Like abuse, like what's a, abuse, right? That used to be a rule. The umpire would blow whistle and say abuse. So is there a dissent and abuse or is it all under the, 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 the banner of dissent now? I think it's all under the banner of dissent, but dissent has a lower bar of entry, I think, than abuse. And I think that's what bothers people is the inconsistency, not the, the rule. If there was a consistent place where the rule was drawn, because even in the example you just played, if they were implementing the law consistently, the next bit where he's going, is that worth a goal? That's also dissent. Like there was dissent upon the dissent. That should have just been rolling 50s and repeat goals until they stopped complaining about it technically under the law. Is that, I guess it is dissent. Is it like, and that? No, and that's what, no. because It know. is in the same way as the Cornelio one is. Well, how They're is that not dissent. a free? I think is more dissenting than, and that's worth a goal because, and in that I see, I see ellipses after, and is that worth a goal? Not question mark. I say dot dot dot. Let's like complete the sentence, and that is worth a goal. Yes, that is worth a goal. Thank you very much, umpire. I was not dissenting. Well, then it, you know what? It can remain unspoken. Here's what I, my little bit of advice I would have to AFL players: like, don't repeat anything. The umpires tend to let you get away with half a thought or half a complaint. Like in general, they're not going to ping you for that. Like that, that feels like the, the natural level, which is it, you can be frustrated, you can have a moment, pull yourself up halfway through the sentence and everybody's like, that's cool, we all get that, you tried, you did the right thing. Don't go back for a second dip because the second dip is what kills you. Like I've never seen an umpire go, actually, you know what, you do make a good point. I'm not sure that is worth six points. So let's reverse the decision. I'm just going to freestyle here a little bit. Don't get me wrong. If they did, Charlie, I would be there for the chaos. <laughs> I just remembered I had a flashback then. When I was like playing under 12s at high school, like at school, I got mm -hmm. a free kick paid against me for dissent. <laughs> I remember because it was our PE teacher, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hawkins. We called him Pig Hawkins. <laughs> Because we were, we were a bunch of little shits. But I remember I got tackled without the ball and I yelled out, I don't have the bloody ball. And he blew his whistle and said, who said that? Who swore? And I put my hand up and he paid a free kick against me. But that was like 30 years before the dissent rule was even enforced. How is that abuse? That wasn't abuse. I mean, it was abuse. Like, you're a good Catholic boy. You can't be bloody. Abusive it language. Was abusive language. It was. Well, can you curse yourself out? Can you say, oh, you missed a shot at goal? You're like, you fucking idiot. I think so. As long as you say the fucking idiot that I'm referring to in this sentence is myself, just to be clear. <laughs> just before I get into you fucking idiot, by the way, I'm talking to myself. You just need to have that sentence that comes after it. <laughs> so that incident happened in the Blues uh, GWS game. Many people feel like, you know, it maybe turned the game in the Blues' favour. I've got to say, I watched most of that game. It was not one of the books. It was a pretty messy game. And it wasn't just me who felt that. Just listen here how Hutto runs out of steam, just trying to trying to bring some enthusiasm to a bit of play here. In the pocket, Canelio to Koning. Hogan waiting for the right moment. He's on his knees now. Daniels comes in. <laughs> Newman puts it up. Young. <laughs> Sad. 
Oh, how do I feel for you, <laughs> Honestly, he's just naming people. It's a sad. I mean, he literally just gives up at the end. Like, you hear his voice. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> he was just watching, like... <laughs> Two teams just fumble it across a boundary line. No one can get clean possession. And Hutto, you could just hear it in his voice. He was like, just, just kill me. <laughs> this is, a, this is why, why am I not getting the Dwayne assignments? So this, was that on the tally? That was on Fox Footy, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God. Because if that had been off the radio... <laughs> I would have had no idea what was going on. Because <laughs> for about plays. 45 seconds, he just said names and seemed to deflate. <laughs> uh, now, Will, um, the Saints celebrated their 150 in style. Congratulations. I think last time we did the show, I talked about how I was uh, weighing up whether I should start a Saints exclusive chat, and you encouraged me to do it. So I went out this week and I did it. I... Uh, messaged all my disparate Saints friends, acquaintances, and said, hey, look, I've started this chat. Here's who you all are. Uh, have at it. And it's been a wonderful place, this week especially. Oh, people posting beautiful. photos of themselves as kids wearing Saints jumpers, you know, stories about going to Rabin. You know, after the win, the guys who went with, you know, their scarves hanging out the window. It was fantastic. I was a nervous wreck before this game. Because the Saints have a tradition of just bottling every milestone match. Doesn't matter if it's Spud's match or it's Maddie's game or Robert Harvey's retirement. We just we just never we just never turn up. This game, did you see it? No, I was uh, traveling. Traveling. Okay. Yeah. The best way to describe it is Saints dominate the first quarter and the last quarter, and then the Bombers pretty much have control of the middle. And so there is so many nervous moments in that game, but. We have an Essendon supporter here. Of course, Podcast Mike, he's a bigger year of footy, is here. So should we bring him in? We'll get to Mike Check a bit later, but just to, to get the opposition point of view. I felt like the Saints were uh, – they, they they were challenged there, Mike, when the scores were level in the last quarter. The Bombers came with a rush, kicked the first two or three goals the last quarter, and then, bang, just flicked the switch. How are you feeling? Really disappointed about it all. I was actually out on the night, so I didn't catch the game, but again, was following the scores on the AFL app, which is my main way of consuming AFL at the moment when I'm busy. But I was, I actually was on a tram during the week and I saw a guy wearing a Bombers um, scarf and I thought, it's my bigger year of footy. I've got to strike up a conversation with this guy. And I said, mate, you, you were Bombers supporter too. He said, yes. I said, I reckon we got the Saners on the weekend. He said, I do too. And then I, 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 my heart goes out to that guy. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> Particularly, we yeah. shared, yeah. We shared this. That guy went and spent his family's <laughs> life savings, put it all on yeah. the Bombers because well, you told him the Saners are going down. A sign. I was, love, I was on the tram and I just got this, this stranger, this young boy. Sherub-faced came young up man. To me. <laughs> He seems so trustworthy. Babbled something about his bigger year of footy, and I just took that as a sign that you know what I had to put the entire mortgage on the bombers. It, it was, and 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 it's it sucks knowing that my first ever yeah. random stranger footy conversation was yeah. based on it around a lie. You know, right. like I said to him, we we've got him. You know. We've played better than them, and he was like, "I agree." And we're both sitting there on Saturday night with our hands in our heads in shame. And yeah, that's all I have to say about it. I mean, technically, to be fair, if this makes you feel any better, nothing has actually changed. Like only your perception 
of what happened has changed because you in that moment thought if they win, maybe it'll seem like I know something about footy. None, none, none of us know anything about footy. The That's sooner true. you resign yourself <laughs> to the fact that like even yeah. the experts, the footy tipping experts get it wrong like so often, like none of us know. So you just got to resign yourself to the fact that you cannot take any confidence out of what you think will happen. Yeah, well, uh, now I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 st- it starts with a conversation with a stranger on a tram and it ends in a WhatsApp with a bunch of strangers. And it's glorious, let me tell you. Uh, the Saints rolled oh. out some of their, their stars of the past um, in the opening there. Did you see the photos of Plugger? Like, No, I haven't, I haven't seen any of this yet, but I, I can't wait to consume it because here's what I will say is this idea of whether Plugger was going to come or not had been in my thoughts for days. That might seem like a really weird thing to say, but <laughs> like I had been traveling a lot and I just had a lot of time. You know, sometimes you you just your mind goes to really random thoughts. And I'd be listening to the footy and stuff and they'd mention whether Lockett would come or not. And I, I I started thinking about it a lot. I was like, it must be tough. Like he doesn't like going to those things anyway. He certainly don't, doesn't like it when it's all about him. The only thing that really got him back was Danny's thing because, you know, Danny was the guy who – you know, he was closest with and and I was like, I just hope that he does go. Like I hope that he like actually – and I was so fucking wrapped when I heard that he did. Like I think I, – it was exciting. It was genuine, genuinely exciting. The photos that came out afterwards of him and yeah. Nikki hugging after the game like genuinely made me choke up. It was like, oh, the boys – the boys are back in town. It's so good. It was it was awesome. Like it was actually really great because again we bottle these you know these games normally, but Mason Wood, North Melbourne reject Mason Wood, who came to the Saints about three years ago, has just been playing out of his skin. Like just like two goal, four, five goals for in, in three games, twenty career high, twenty seven possessions, eleven contested, eleven marks. Oh, he was no. on fire. Looks like he might be out for 10 weeks with an AC yeah. joint. And so I'm like, is this the thing killing me that uh-huh. I was wondering what's going to happen this year? Is that we're going to keep winning games, but for every game we win, we lose two plays. Jimmy Webster, fractured cheekbone, out for like at least two or three weeks. We just cannot keep people in the park, yet we keep winning games. I mean, maybe that's it though. Like, you know, maybe that is that bargain that needs to be made early on. Like, I mean, remember what, what did Ross say about the, like the people who he's a possibility, not probability. Yeah. But no, the thing that he said about basically what people thought would be our first choice team, he had some comment that, that was about the idea of, Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Theoretical, fir- theoretical, theoretical first choice. First yeah. choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Ross Lyon uh, rolled out his whiteboard, threw up some calculations, goodwill hunting style. Yeah, uh, no, but I love the idea of th- theoretical first choices because that's Ross's way of just basically saying to people, you know, don't don't give think maximum you- effort. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and I maybe this is it, and may, I don't think that this is even a bad thing because I mean, obviously, players getting injured is a bad thing, but just getting more like it seems like every time you expose a new person to bigger responsibilities at the moment, whether that be a new player getting an opportunity or, like you said, some player that's been around for a while just getting greater opportunity, it seems to have gone well. And eventually if you could get them all back at the same time, you know, or around the same time, there's, I mean, it's all, again, play, you're playing with house money at the moment. 
Yeah. And the, the, look, who knows how the season will pan out, but I think that I clearly know nothing about coaching because I was quite happy <laughs> with Brett Ratton. I was like, oh, what do they get rid of? I mean, he's a nice guy, but that aside, his coaching, I thought he was okay. But I mean, the change in the team is so noticeable, like the way they play, the intent with which they, with which they play, but also the leadership. Like we, we've been a very introverted team for like 10 years because our coaches were all kind of introverted. Then this quirky, mad scientist, you know, theoretical physicist, <laughs> Ross Lyon, <laughs> PhD, arrives at the club and all of a sudden, like you see players on the field and they're like yelling at each other, like like even like Ryan Burns is like less than 30 games is like ordering players around and stuff. And it's like, I love this. I love that Ross is back. Yeah. It's like Brett Ratton's the one who's so far lost the most out of this. <laughs> like it's, and I love Brett Ratton as well. And I think he's probably a really great coach, but like whatever Ross is doing at the moment, it's like there's been a divorce and you run into like your old neighbor like you know you don't and they're thriving you don't live no and that, like yeah. they're saying oh my god like the noises we yeah. come here from the bedroom yeah, yeah. like what's going on with you guys and you're like oh yeah i left <laughs> like that's what yeah. I, that's what i think of nathan buckley every time he's on the couch and he has to go through oh collingwood's incredible stats it's like have you seen how well the new boyfriend is fucking your like, ex like it's and amazing everyone, she's had multiple orgasms and, like multiple orgasms so strong that everyone who's watching them have sex is having orgasms every everybody wants to watch them yeah. <laughs> we can't take our eyes off them <laughs> let's talk about the uh, the doggies for a bit finally got their 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 win how happy were you for jamara like i mean i know the cliche is you couldn't have scripted it but of all the players who just fucking bob up, and I love the jumper lift and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was awesome. I I agree. I just think that young man like should be so proud of just not the not just the way that he played on the field, but the way that he represented himself both on the field and also off the field. I just think he got every single bit of it right. Like the day away from the club, like you know when he came back to the club, what he spoke about. Like for that club also, and this I'm, I'm, I know this was not the reason that he was doing, but for a club where the first two weeks we had played like shit and there was all these like, oh, you know, as Bevo lost the fucking players and, you know, what's going on at the Bulldogs. And then for him to have the week he had where he felt like, at least he said publicly that going back to the club was something where he, you know, felt supported and, you know, it seemed that every single person – like got on board like you know you couldn't have felt more supported by the rest of the boys it didn't look like a club that was not united so for all those reasons for the bulldogs it was great and then just for him personally i just thought the way that he spoke immediately after the game but then also the way that he spoke and good on the bulldogs and bevo for getting him to you know go to the press conference i thought that was all really well like it was one of those weeks where i was like i was really proud of him i was really proud of the club i just think he was he, he was outstanding both on the field and off it. That interview he did on the on the ground straight after the final siren, I thought was devastating. Like I actually had that thought of anyone who thinks you can go to the footy and shout whatever you want, you've paid your ticket, they're all fair game. Like just listen to what that did to that guy, how, how much he fucking fucked up his week, made him doubt himself. Like it's just, it's all over his face and, and, and it's like it, – it, I think there is this, we're in this transition point, obviously, as a society, you know, and especially this old school thing of like, people should be tougher and kids today are too thin skinned. Fuck that. <laughs> he should feel safe in his workplace. He shouldn't, the fact that he felt like that and the fact that we keep having to 
deal with this, like that it happens every year. The fact that it's 30 years from like – so here's the upside and the downside. The upside is that I think that the way that it's handled now, like, you know, what we saw this week was not, you know, what you saw when Nikki went through what Nikki went through. But the fact that and, – and I even loved Nikki's engagement in that, you know, the way that he spoke about Jamara and his time at the Bulldogs and those things I thought was just – you know, brilliant, yeah, particularly as the 30th anniversary comes up. But the fact – Particularly as a Bulldogs legend, Nicky Winner. I mean, that's how he identifies, you know. I can't <laughs> – I can't argue with that. And – but I I just think that the fact that there are, are still people who, like, think that that's appropriate to the people who are just out there trying to do their jobs, like, to entertain us, it's just the game – they're just playing a game that we all like with ridiculous rules that nobody understands and it doesn't really mean anything. Like it certainly doesn't mean something that you should be saying racist shit to people and it's just – it just has no place in the game. And the problem is that sometimes it's the players themselves, right? Like some – you know, you, I still have problems watching, you know, Tex Walker play because I can't help but think about, you know, what he said and what he did. Now, you know – They've accepted him back and, and you know, he deserves a second chance and all those sort of things. But I still think about it. And you can imagine that some of the people over the fence still think it's okay because some of the people inside the fence still think it's okay. And that's, and that's sad. Well, I think if there was one example, though, that could have an influence, like Tex was obviously, you know, very publicly apologetic and, you know, uh, can't take back what he said, but he did everything demonstrably to show that he regretted it and that he wanted to make change. And so I think that if anyone is there thinking, well, you know, Tex says it, I, you know, it's cool if I say it. Well, yeah, he said it, but then look at the efforts he went to to redeem his character. Now, unless you're prepared to do that, which I don't think some of these fucking idiots are, but also like we're just, we're past that now, you know, it's not funny anymore. It's not anything. It's just not part of the game. In fact, and I'll tell you that the biggest statement that could be made, and I don't think that the person who did this is going to be listening to this podcast and they're certainly not going to be... Imagine if they are. Imagine if they're like, they, they listen to every episode. Like, I really like this band. show. I don't know why you're going after me so hard. I thought you guys thought it'd be funny, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two guys, one cup. Not racist, but number one with racist. racist. Sorry. For some reason. We didn't realise we've been using all this coded language that just appeals to the alt-right. Uh, well, you noticed the other night that I have a Scrabble mug that has the letter Q on it. And you yeah. thought maybe I just mean <laughs> just going for that sweet, sweet Q dollar. Then we were talking about the Q clash a couple of times, and maybe we just got an algorithm, and people started listening for the wrong reasons. And they're like, "Yeah, we get it, man. We know what you're talking about." Um, like it'd be an amazing thing to do. I'm sure they never will. But if they said, "Hey, it was me," like I know everybody's been looking for me. I could have just pretend, like I could have, but. I said this and, and I've thought about it and I understand now why this is a terrible thing. And I'm like, if someone's self-identified in that situation, they'd cop it. Like, there's no doubt. There'd still be people who were like, that's nowhere near enough. But the idea that you were willing to actually just sort of walk in and say it was me, that would be a huge statement. Like, and, you know, I'd admire that if someone did that. Speaking of uh, huge statements, Will, um, the Hawks made a huge statement down in Tassie. We thought that this was going to happen, uh, but I thought we'd bring in a special guest to talk about the Hawks. 
you know him as the host of the Junk Time AFL podcast. Uh, you know him as a mad, rabid Hawks supporter. Michael Chamberlain, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much for having me on. It's very kind of you. I make an actual appearance on a Two Guys, One Cup. I actually don't think I've done that before. Well, yeah, thank, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And we also, we very much, we wanted to get you on after a Hawks win and we thought this might be the only opportunity, so. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm actually out the front um, of the MCG right now, actually. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm lining up for the grand final. The Hawthorne St Kilda grand final that's going to happen uh, in September. We speculated last week that maybe Sam Mitchell had been playing uh, Ducks and Drakes uh, this season and that he'd been foxing. He's trying to lull Alistair Clarkson into a false sense of security so he could do this exact thing down in Tassie. What do you reckon? Well, if you believe Kane Corns on the Sunday footy show this morning. I always he, do. Um, no greater new source than Kane Corns. <laughs> I think he was like he got him. So he kind of, yeah, he kind of out-tactic out Clarko. So, uh, so maybe maybe not too far from the truth there by the fact he kind of you know thought he'd get the the tanking rumours up there out there in round one or two <laughs> so he could get the jewel in the crown, North Melbourne in Launceston in front of fifteen thousand freezing people. Is this is this a weird yeah. territory for you to be in? Because how often have the Hawks been bad in your lifetime? Like just what maybe a couple of times. No, you're right. Yeah, but like before Clarko, we were pretty much basket case. Like when Clarko came in, 04 was like the draft where we got Buddy and Ruffy and Jordan Lewis. I remember going to a game, I think it might have been 04. That's the same draft where the Tigers picked up Richard Tambling yeah, instead yeah, of yeah, Buddy. Yeah, that was one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to a game, I think it might have been the end of 04. And it was the final game, I believe, and it was Richmond Hawthorne, if I remember correctly. And both of us were horrible. Like, we're both way down the bottom of the ladder. And it was essentially like four quarters of football in front of just a crowd just going, oh, 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 because that was just like both teams just kicking it to the wrong team every time. Like, it was almost comedic. Like, and it was like that final day, game of the year was just like, can we just get this over with? Like, just. Just like call it a, a truce or something. Like, can we just finish it at halftime? Because we none of us want to see this at all. I feel like that's what Hutto was doing in that commentary before Will during the Blues and GWS game. He just wanted it to be over. I mean, it would be great if like just one game per season they got a commentator's call where they were just like, you know what? You, you can call it. At any stage during the broadcast, you reckon this is done, but you can only use one <laughs> per <sucks>. season. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be a bit of the benefits of now that Radio or TV are kind of seeing people doing more from the studio in Melbourne or not actually travelling as much. Like I, I think a kind of a horrible game is a bit more palpable if you then don't have to get on a red eye from Perth and come back. <laughs> like you're just going, I've just given up like my whole weekend. Yeah. I kind of, you know, won't see my kids for two and a half days. And so you can just go to, you know, Fox Footy and stuff and then just stroll home and you go, yeah, it's a three, four-hour day as opposed to like a 16-hour trip, I suppose. Now, uh, Michael, not only are you a fan of the Hawks, I know you're a big fan of AFL 360, never miss an episode. Dude, I remember when I first went to the Fox Footy um, studios and the boss there show, took, took me around and showed me you know, yeah. where all the action was. Because <laughs> if you haven't been to the Fox Footy studios, like it's a bit like Night in the Museum. Like There are footballers walking around and you're like going, wow, they're real. Like, you, you, like, oh, just kind of, and they're like normal people and they're having a chat or they're by the water cooler. But I remember the boss was taking me around the, um, the studios and he opened up the door to the 360 studio, and it was a bit like when Willy Wonka opens the door into the chocolate factory, and I was just like, 
I felt like genuflecting. He just said, come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. <laughs> and Because uh, in, in 360, you can't see it on camera, but the Willy Wonka's got the chocolate factory and then with Robbo for 360, they've got the, the um, bourbon factory. Um, oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you have got edible, edible Winnie Blues. Yeah. Bunch of little Mark Robinson Oompa Loompas came out. I generally thought I needed to genuflect. Like, I was actually quite in awe of it. He he was he was on one last week. Like I watched every episode of 360, and like the 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 Monday night episode, Robbo virtually had to catch him. You know, like those butterfly nets that they used to use in the old days to catch like mentally ill patients. Like it was the it was the equivalent of that. Like he was just babbling and, and rumbling. And Will and I talked about it because I said, Will, like we've got to clip a Robbo bit, but I think he's pissed, and I just I don't want to go for the obvious trope of like oh it's Robbo just like mumbling and being drunk. <laughs> But but then he did something that I felt safe clipping. So uh, he's uh, Jared throws him for his opinion. <laughs> he has a pair of glasses on. He puts down one glasses, picks up a second pair of glasses and puts them on, and then this is what happens. Give me a Tuesday love to get us underway, Robbo. Tuesday love, Jared, as I swap <laughs> I like my glasses. Two glasses around. My eyes yeah. have gone pretty bad. I... <laughs> My sugars are well down, but I, don't, I can't see that now. Right. When I certainly can't see that. So fe- I feel like the chances of you remembering one pair of glasses are long most I leave them now <laughs> we're going with two. I leave them both here overnight. Okay, so really? Is your Tuesday, love? <laughs> he, le- he leaves them both overnight, <laughs> which is great news if he's driving home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't it, though. We weren't done. Wednesday night, this happens. I'm Jared Wentley, here's Mark Robinson this Wednesday night. It's footy from all angles. Hello, Robbo. Hello, Jerry. You're still going with your two glasses. I've glasses. only got me two glasses. These are my long ones and these are my short ones. Wish someone would call me and help me. I'm not an optical person. <laughs> what? Did he, hang on, what? Did he just say, I wish someone would call me and help me? <laughs> oh. Oh, I've got it. Crap. Call me and help me. I'm not an opt- I'm, I'm not an optimal person. <laughs> this was, I mean, this was it was vintage. Oh, it was, this is it was vintage. Thing that he said on the show. <laughs> I wish someone would call and help help me. <laughs> help me. I think there's more than one cry for help going on in that little address from Robbo. These are my short ones and these are my long ones. Yeah, and these okay. are my long ones. Well, you should should be able to tell the difference, I would have thought, when you put them on. Like. It's so funny, Robbo, though, by the fact like he, he holds down like, you know, three like full-time jobs and like yet... Yeah. Like, oh, bloody hell, you're drunk at noon, you know, like, oh, you bloody idiot. And it's like he's earning, like, an enormous amounts of money, but also breaking stories and stuff like that. But he's churning out all this stuff and still we're going, ah, you bloody loser. <laughs> Check out your glasses. Hey, you bloody loser. Can I say this? Like, is not our great friend uh, Adam, like, doing a show called High Functioning mm. Idiot yeah. at the Comedy Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy marks, yeah. I mean, is there, is there a chance that uh, – He's going to get sued by Robbo because like, Rob, Robbo is the true high-functioning. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, that's what he is. <laughs> Intellectual copyright. Well, the posts are actually are probably actually – yeah, it's probably got to be careful because the post is actually Adam shaved his head and he's got two pairs of glasses. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's got a heron sun tucked under his arm. And he's got gout. <laughs> his long ones, he's got his long ones and his short ones. <laughs> Just opening the Herald Sun and then shutting the Herald Sun, opening the Herald Sun, folding w- it. Wiping sausage roll pastry off his shirt <laughs> as he talks. Now, Michael, you, you also have a show uh, at this year's comedy festival. Uh, tell us all about it. The completely incomplete history of Australian rules. Yes, it is. So I figure it might be up to the alley of um, the two two guys, one cup fans. They, um, it's a, yeah, Michael Chambers' completely incomplete history of Australian rules. So I have 165 years to get through in about an hour. So I, I'm going to talk quickly. Um, but it's just all about the different – well, it kind of starts with the origins of the game. It starts with Tom Wills, who's credited with um, inventing the game, and then kind of works its way through the various different stories. And, oh, don't I give it to Jock McHale. Don't I give it to Jock McHale. He's had it coming. He's in the McHale family. You're not going to like this show. <laughs> that dog, that- I mean, now I just hope that one of the – Descendants of the McHales does rock up to the show. Yeah, we've got a clip for <laughs> this week. Can't the dead. Um, yeah, he's dead, but, but uh, it doesn't mean that all his family are dead. Has there been some John Wick style incident in the McHale family that I didn't hear about? <laughs> um, but it's actually started yesterday, actually, on Saturday afternoon. Um, and it was actually awesome. Yeah, I was actually pretty thrilled with it, actually, um, just by the fact it's it not exactly the type of material you can show up to a comedy club and try out. Like, you can't rock up to a venue and just be like, hey, guys, uh, let's talk about the 1938 grand final for five minutes. Um, so, actually, a lot of the stuff, 90, well, yeah. <laughs> can we talk about footage? Actually, all of it. I had not said out loud before. So, if that's the way uh, it's going to go, then I'm going to be pretty stoked by the end of it. So is the like what are your signposts? Like, you know, how are you covering, like you said, you've got like, you know, close to two hundred years, post hundred and fifty years of AFL football. Like how how do you actually go through it? Well, you know, it, it's not decade by decade, but I I I let me think, timeline, start with the life of Tom Wheels, get to the first game, go through to when we get to like nineteen fifties, then it's yeah. pretty much smooth sailing all the way. It's downhill from there. <laughs> But it isn't, it isn't decade by decade, but I do kind of signpost them. And actually that just helps actually also in remembering it by the fact I kind of go, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. Um, but, yeah, there's like – I mean the part of the fun of it was actually doing the research and reading the books and finding out all the stuff about like, you know, there were leagues in – well, I knew there was a league in Changi um, – but it, which was like a proper league, like had administrations and stuff. But there was a league in a prisoner war camp in Germany um, – also, stuff like the how the VFL came to be in the first place, in the first place, how they all ran away from the VFA, um, and then also even just little things like um, so. Tom Wills went to a school called Rugby School in England, and the guy who invented rugby went to Rugby School in England. Oh. I thought you were going to say he went to Aussie Rules School in England. I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's and like <laughs> so. W- was rug- rugby created before or after Australian rules? Uh, it was he, he went to William Ellis Webb, so he's on the yeah. trophy when you win the Rugby World Cup. So he was there probably about 15 years before Tom Wills got there. Okay, so there'd already been a guy at the school who's invented like a sport that yeah yeah. And so so it's that I mean that's a, that means that people who go to that school maybe he even went to that school because you know sometimes you're like I want to invent a sport. Maybe it is a bit like that. Like parents kind of look around for the kind of you know my kid really wants to get into a specific art form or, or computers or something. I I want to send them to that particular thing. So maybe they were thinking ahead and going like, look, my 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 son really wants to um, invent a game that will one day be played in the Gold Coast. So let's make that happen. 
Well, I I heard BT describe the rugby school as the inventing a sport factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, BT says a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael, there, we did a, a, an in-depth chat about your show on Fofop, and that episode is coming out this week, so if people want to hear more, you can hear Michael on Fofop. You can also see his show, The Completely Incomplete History of Australian Rules, on the 8th, 15th, and 22nd of this month at the Cooper's Inn for the part of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. We'll put a link in the episode description, so if people want tickets, they can get them there. Thanks, Suits. Yeah, it's the traditional comedy time of 4pm on a Saturday, but... Um... But, uh, You'll be clashing with the Saints versus Frio games. Oh, no, that's the thing. I mean, it's been very difficult to – to. I just can't avoid the blockbusters, you know, so it's, it's tricky like that. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Tambo, and, uh, and good luck with the show. Thanks, Hapes, dude. We are two guys, one Will, it's the weekend of the showdown and the Derby Derby. Uh, Port Adelaide. Are they a classic example of a round one mirage? You know how there's always a team that looks fucking incredible in round one and then two rounds later you're like, oh, maybe they weren't as good as we thought. Um, I think that uh, firstly, congratulations on uh, the explanation of what a round one mirage was for those who weren't able to pick it up from the context clues of you literally then just circling back and describing the words that you'd already said. Is it some sort of mirage that happens in round one? Wow. <laughs> Correct. Okay. You got it. You got <laughs> it in one. Two, I got it in. <laughs> An unnecessary second <laughs> one. Um, so uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think they're terrible because I don't think that Adelaide are terrible. I, I've watched a couple of Adelaide games this year and I, I thought – they're, they're putting it together, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's definitely bits and pieces of it that work really well. It doesn't necessarily all work well together at all times, but there's bits. Yeah, there's, well, know. it's, it's, it's R- R- Rankin and Rochelle in that game look very exciting. Like if they're, they're not at the Dacos brothers level, but there's elements of that kind of where you've got a two-pronged guys who can get busy in the midfield can also kick a goal as well. Rankin, yeah. that's the first time I've seen the haircut that you brought up last week. I don't not as bad as you made it out to be. I Is mean, it different? It's just a rat's tail, right? Like you know what? Maybe it's just seeing it in a different uniform. Yeah, okay. Looks probably better with the Gold Coast, doesn't it? <laughs> Adelaide rat's tail, not, you know, maybe not 100% not completely out of, out of place in Adelaide, but no, I, I don't know. It, I I just felt like it certainly wasn't any karma, put it that way. Like he'd leaned in, not leaned out, I guess was what I was saying. How long does Ken Hinckley have before his head's on a pike in the Ramsgate car park? Yeah, like I don't know what time is it now. Like we started <laughs> like we started recording at seven. I mean, as I said last week, I look, I, I have nothing against Port Adelaide, but the fact that Kane Corns loves Port Adelaide makes me enjoy a Port Adelaide loss. That's I walk away going good. I hope that makes you know Kane's what? day I, a little I, worse. I, I haven't looked at it that way. That is a glass half full way of looking at it because I like I, I like Ken Hinckley a lot. I've, I've, I like all of Port. But I dislike I mean, Kane more than I might like. Koshi, I like, I guess, more than I don't like. So, but Kane, it's just so overwhelming, isn't it? That like the fact that it just makes him a bit angry is enough. Well, it's like I remember you once saying, um, talking about Burning Man, and you're like, oh, I think once Kyle Sanderlands was seen at Burning Man, maybe Burning Man's done. So it's like it's hard to kind of get behind a Port Adelaide that is loved by a Kane Corns. Yeah. 
I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise to us seeing that, you know, he played there <laughs> for so long. I know. <laughs> but it is weird, isn't it? That like it offends us that Kane Corns, the media commentator, loves Port Adelaide, despite the fact that, of course, he loves Port Adelaide. He was a champion player for that football club. But if he was always bagging him out, like if yeah. he went on and he kind of did after that loss, yeah, yeah, then I'm like, go Port. Like, you yeah. know, go Port but lose. It's weird because I want them to win because they pisses him off, but I also want him unhappy. It's, it's, it's a <laughs> Ko, Koshia, what, Kobayashi Maru, what's that Star Trek thing? That no-win situation. Yeah, okay. I understand what you're saying. You've been sucked in to the – like I don't actually care about Kane Corns or any of his opinions because he has so many of them and he's constantly having opinions. And even he doesn't care about most of them. That's the thing about Kane Corns. He is an opinion factory and even getting caught up in the idea that something yeah. might make him – like I like Port Adelaide losing because it makes Kane Corns more entertaining. Like it makes him more pantomime grumpy. But I don't actually care that it – like. I don't care about it one way or the other, but I do like that it. Yeah, I like when he point. gets a bit like def- overly defensive yeah. and ordinary and thin-skinned. <laughs> I think they're good areas. Well, someone posted something like Harry Sheasel, I think, almost broke a record. But if he he got twenty-seven touches on the weekend, if he'd racked over thirty, he would be the first like you know first-year player to have done that. And someone posted his stats to um, uh, a Kane Corns and wrote, you know, he's greater than. Jason Horn Francis and Kane, because he is that kind of guy, name searches himself, replied, You could have kept them both. And I'm like, Oh, that son of a bitch is right. Okay. But K- Kane, you floated this theory, and I actually think that it has some um, credence. For once, we've stumbled onto something accidentally, which is that it is no good for Jason Horn Francis that Kane Corns is in his corner, right? Like it, that pantomime booing of him that is now, I think, going to just be rife through the AFL this year. And the truth of it is that I think he's going to have an inconsistent season again, it looks like. You know, it looks like he'll have some good games and some bad games, and that's fine. But if he becomes this sort of pantomime villain and everybody starts joining in on the booing and, like, part of it is that he has the – like he's not just like going to try to beat Rocky, but he's got like an evil, like, you know, he's been developed by the secret Russian government to come and kill Rocky. You know what I mean? Like we're like, yeah, all the bad guys are on that side. You don't want Kane in your corner in that situation when you're trying to win public sentiment. Yeah. You know uh, who are winning me over is the Suns. Uh, they beat the Cats. Not panic stations yeah. yet for the Cats. I give the Cats eight losses in a row and then I, and then I'll start worrying for them. But I just, I just get the feeling <laughs> yeah. that they're just – they're. They're doing something sneaky, the Cats. But um, it was not a great game. And I reckon Hutto, his brain was broken from uh, the previous game he commentated. Because what is going on here? Uh, Hopefully... Not too many international visitors here watching our game for the first time. But it's a contest. It is a good contest. They're not hitting the ball, that's for sure. Why aren't these guys trying to kick it between the big sticks? (laughs) What? I mean, if you had to pick one commentator to dip in an offensive American accent, like Anthony Hudson, he was the best of us, Will. What's he doing scraping the bottom of the barrel like that? I mean, I'm worried for Hutto. I've got to be honest with you, based <laughs> yeah. on this. It's a weird weekend, yeah. right? Like, is it maybe yeah. Dwayne has raised the bar so yeah. high that everyone's like, I need a shtick, I need a thing, I've got to be this guy, I've got to be that, I've got to be a colour commentator. I mean, it's just... 
I think Hado's had a weekend where he's not loving the footy, right? Like he's lost interest mid-commentary in one game and then he's like rolled into another game and it's also terrible and it's also boring. And I think that like no one could like kick a goal and he just must think, actually, this is shit. Everyone's talking about how good footy is. Well, it's not wherever I go. Footy is terrible wherever I go. And maybe, like, you know, he's missing something important this weekend, like to, you know, like it's, you know, he was like, no, no, I've got to go to work. And then the footy's just, like, terrible. And But the accent work. When he said international visitors, at least he went with an American accent. <laughs> I could have been so much worse <laughs> if he started doing a, a bit of Mino Reiki. Like it could have been real bad. <laughs> <laughs> An upside. <laughs> if I'd been in the commentary box, and where do you imagine these international <laughs> visitors might be? From? I'm going to hold up a map That's... of the world. Don't do any of these places. <laughs> Sweden and America, England, fine. Everyone else, do not touch. Uh, Will, it's uh, time for our new regular segment, Mic Check. Uh-huh. One, two, one, two. Whether the ball's in the air or on the deck is time. Are we going to play Mike the whole check. thing? Don't you have a shorter Mike version? Check. He's watching the footy. What the heck? I forgot. I forgot to load up the. Uh, I, I forgot to load up <laughs> yeah. the shorter version. But uh, we'll just stop leave it short no, there, Don't guys. cut anything out. You um, leave that in. You deliberately wanted the longer version of your the theme. We know. We see no, what you we're did. Leaving, we're just going to leave it now. Big. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you've heard my thoughts on the um the sad news about Essendon, but also notice. And I was talking to Charlie before we started recording. New AFL video game coming out next week on PS5. Now, this is good. This is the kind of, like, youth culture we need you to bring to the pod, Mark, because we have no idea about – what do you what'd you call it? A video game? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be picking up AFL 23 on PS5 next week and hopefully playing that and bringing some uh, content and review content to the show about the game. But – in this discussion, Charlie brought to my attention that there was, in fact, in 1992, a, a AFL video game, and it was called uh, what? Well, it had a really dumb name, like uh, Aussie Rules. Fo- yeah, Aussie Rules. Footy. Aussie Rules Footy <laughs> on the Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System, which was the original <laughs> Nintendo console, 1992. Yeah. Charlie and I watched some YouTube footage of it, uh, and I. <laughs> I consider myself someone that knows a lot about video games, not a lot about footy, but I cannot believe I didn't know this game exists. Would have been like 15 years before you were born, Mike. When were you born? Yeah, but I know lots about games. Like, I would have thought I would know. I have downloaded, and I think it's okay to say this because I doubt the AFL is making any money off this game. I've downloaded a a ROM and an emulator for this game so I can play it on my Mac, and I'm going to play it during the week and also bring some feedback of the 1992 classic Aussie Rules footy next week's show. Oh, yeah. well, that's some sizzle. That sizzle right there. A game from – an obscure <laughs> game from 1992. This, this is not just Mike's bigger year of footy, but this is Mike's bigger year of footy games. I mean, I like – I like that this is us branching out to a new audience. This is great. Now, uh, part of the Mic Check segment, of course, is um, we ask people to uh, test Mike's knowledge on common Aussie rules, lingo, and vernacular. We've been inundated with people with questions for Mike, so we're not going to read them all out, but we can spread this out over the course of the year, I think. Um, Now, if you want to get in touch with us, you can either reply to a pinned tweet 
on the uh, Two Guys One Cup Twitter page, or you can just send us a tweet and tag it Mike hashtag Mike Check. Okay, uh, Mike, what do you think Joe the Goose is? If someone was to go Joe the Goose, I did see this tweet come through, and I was tempted to Google them all before and yeah, and cheat, but I I didn't to save the integrity of the game. Joe the Goose, it, is it as simple as there was one game where a goose ran streaked across the the field, and he and they called him Joe? <laughs> yes, you nailed it. Got it in one. Is it actually? No. Uh, <laughs> so hang on. Uh, when you when you say a, a goose, are you are you talking about the colloquial meaning of the word goose as in some idiot, or are you suggesting an actual? Literal I meant an goose? actual literal because sometimes you see like. Oh, yeah. there's birds on the field and we're distracting the players or there's – wasn't there a kangaroo yeah. one year that got onto the field? There, no, there was a pig. Okay, there was a pig weirder. at the SCG. But the pig was released. It yeah. wasn't like there was just a pig wandering yeah, by. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I assume Mike was saying that the goose was released as well, that it was well, a, someone a weaponized Someone smuggled goose. a goose into an AFL game. Well, someone smuggled a pig in. <laughs> Get that descent out of your voice. <laughs> 50 metres. <laughs> Will I'm going to argue that I think it would be easier to smuggle in a small pig than it would be to smuggle in a goose. Uh, now, uh, Mike, Joe the Goose. Now, Will, you might have to help me out here, but I believe Joe the Goose is if uh, you are a forward and, and you're in the goal square and a midfielder is running towards you and he gives you an easy handball over the top of the defender so you can just Joe the, the Goose it through the goals. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know what the origin of Joe the Goose is, but that's the description of what they – that's what it applies to. That's what it applies to. Yeah. Um, when you've kind of – when you've basically taken the easy option over the back, it's mostly in, in that one, I think. Like it's almost implied that you're like, you, sh- you don't deserve that goal. You were literally not playing on anyone standing in the goal square and, and you really did not earn that. Uh, that was some listener, Matt. Uh, Scott has sent a few in. I'm just going to read a couple. So uh, – Scott wants to know, Mike, what is a falcon? Uh, now, at risk of sounding repetitive, oh, is no, that an incident in which <laughs> no, no. someone let a falcon What, what has led you to believe the <laughs> AFL is filled with historical <laughs> incidents of people releasing <laughs> birds? Suddenly, so, I'm like, well, you know my theory that it's only going to get weirder. So there, uh, there may be a point where the, these might be predictions at some stage you might become some Nostradamus where that is the case but at this point that is not what it describes yeah, a falcon is when uh, you go for a mark but the ball hits you in the face oh okay yeah. it's cool they have a name for that because you it could just cool. say that I never thought of that you could, but it is quite you could cool. just say exactly what you just said but we've gone no that should be a bird we should call it like golf how they're all named after birds is you know a, like birdie oh yeah a birdie and a yeah, I say, but can I say on a falcon, is that an NRL term? Like, oh, it might be, I think it is. And I don't like that we don't have our own unique term in like AFL. Well, we're the indigenous game, so we should use like a native bird, like an indigenous, like the emu or something, or the cockatoo. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get a cockatoo in the face. <laughs> Trust me. Totally. I got a cockatoo in the cockatoo face once. It was not face. pleasant. Look at that cockatooed him in the – yep, that's it. That is absolutely the right choice. Cockatoo. cockatoo. <laughs> All right, Mike, last one. What is – this is a bit e- – this is easier. What is a worm burner? Well, I'm going to – I'm not going <laughs> to do the obvious <laughs> answer here. There's, there was yeah. this one time during an AFL match. <laughs> <laughs> Someone released a worm on fire. Worm burner feels like 
it would be something like, you know, you're inside 50, you're kicking it for a goal and like a worm, you know, like think of the structure of a worm. It's kind of like wiggly, right? So the, the, the ball kind of with the wind is going back and forth and they're going, is it going to go into the goal? And it does end up going in, in the goal. Is that it? But where, where are worms? In the ground. Yeah. Right. Is it, is it just when someone falls to the dirt and maybe like their boot goes in the dirt or something? And they're like, oh, worm burner. Yes. No, no. <laughs> so, somehow my clue made it worse. <laughs> if you miskick a ball and it travels along the ground, it is colloquially known as a worm burner. Right, that makes much more sense. Much more sense. And that is Mike check for this week. Uh, thank you, uh, Mike. Um, we'll, we'll just get into a bit of commentary highlights before we get to the mailbag. Um, uh, there was, uh, BT was muscling in on some two guys, one cup territory with this, uh, chat from the, the Collingwood uh, Tigers game. Play the Maynard tackle. Oh. Well, the Maynard's been the stylist for the Nick Dacos haircut, but they are both very, very similar. Sharp action at the back of the head, Richo, and they look incredibly similar. <laughs> I love that he... Reads it with the same level of gravity and seriousness as if it's like two minutes to go in the grand final. Just attention to detail. <laughs> this is classic BT in that what he's describing is actually just a thing, that the haircuts look similar. Like what he's saying yeah. isn't actually incorrect. <laughs> but the way that he says it, the way that he sort of implies, he's always implying there's something, something else, else going, going on. on. But Brandon yeah. Maynard is <laughs> shaping right. Collingwood in his own image. <laughs> One by one. The way that he says everything is if, well, that's a bit unusual. (laughs) Now, we had the same commentary team, uh, BT, JB and Richo. And and last week I, I was complaining that they were bullying him. Well, I think I've maybe got to the source of Richo's bullying. I think there might be some like daddy issues going on. Call me Autumn Leach because you reckon I spent a lot of time lying around on the ground. Well, did you agree with your old man, Richo? He was, he was probably right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Keep your feet. Do you ever agree with your old man when you're a kid? No. <laughs> Let me just say, if you're walking through some childhood trauma, do not lay on the couch of doctors BT and JB. <laughs> like. I really felt Richo was working through something there. We were making good progress. He was like, yeah, my father used to call me autumn leaves because I couldn't keep my feet. But then I realized, my father, you know, his, his determination of who I should be doesn't dictate my life because I'm Matthew Richardson. I'm one of the best full forwards to ever play for Richmond. I'm a media star. I'm a beloved Tasmanian. You can't hurt me anymore, Dad. JB. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, lastly, Will, um, I felt sorry uh, for Kelly Underwood. Uh, as uh, Adam Spencer, who listens to this show, is always tearing – well, I was going to say tearing his hair out, but Spence, come on, let's be honest. He gets annoyed at our inability to do basic mathematics. Uh, Kelly struggled with this, uh, with this in this game. It's five in a row for the Roos, and they're back within a point or two or three. <laughs> Just keep piling them up. You'll eventually get there. They're in the vicinity. (laughs) Like, like they're roughly – there's still time for it to go either way is what I'm saying. (laughs) Somewhere 
Now, last week we said that Dueno was incredibly quiet. Just like a player, though, who's had a down week, mate, he bounced back with a vengeance. The amount of messages I was getting during the showdown from people like, you've got to play this bit, you've got to play this. Too many to name. He brought out some old favourites. There's the Isaac Newton, um, Sir Isaac, he, he busted that out a few okay. times. Um, there was, was another one that he uh, – uh, SSP becomes the MVP. Uh, or, sorry, SPP becomes the MVP. But I found three. Uh, that I that I really like. The first one, I think he maybe have busted out before, but I wasn't sure, but I wanted to play it for you. Brain Dwayne. Rankin. Oh, add that to the Rankin file. <laughs> they lead by three goals. Is that familiar? It seems a bit familiar. Yep. It sounds familiar, but but that's okay. Like He said add it to the Rankin file. Okay. But so, like, th- that means that every time he has something that he's adding to this rank and file, like, it's great. It's good wordplay because he's taken a common expression rank and file and then turned it into something else, which is this file that he's keeping on Isaac Rankin, uh, where he is actually going to compare and then brilliant. rank. Inside, it's, it works on levels. This is like the inception of if he wants to keep adding things to the rank and file, yeah. that's absolutely fine with me. But here's the thing. So I, I used the analogy he was like a player who was bouncing back. So, okay, just say, you know, that was his first contested possession. But not only is he going to show you he's tough on the inside, it's going to show you how great he's on the outside. So it's not just puns with Dueno. It's rhyming slang as well. How's this? Saligo. Can he go? A ripper goal. <laughs> he wasn't done there, though, Will. <laughs> He wasn't done with the rhyme, Saligo, can he go? Perhaps the call of the night for me, because I don't even know if Isn't this is that, even a Can thing. I just say before we go on, uh, yeah. Saligo, can he go, <laughs> honestly sounds like one of the abandoned verses from Kokomo, the song. Saligo, <laughs> can he go, can he baby, go? why don't we don't got the muta, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Saligo, you're right. It totally fits in perfectly. Saligo, can he go? But the last one, he invents a nickname for a player who I'm sure is not wrapped about this. And if his teammates or any good, they will be using this all week at training. Rochelle! Got it! And the rash has been everywhere again tonight. Oh, oh do I? The rash. No, thank you. The rash is everywhere. Oh, man. Like, if no. you were Josh Rochelle, you'd hear that call and you'd be like, fuck. Like, it's, that's going to stick like now. You and you don't want the rash to stick around. Like, this is, like, I understand what Dwayne's doing there, but you can't. Yeah, no, you can't do that to a young man. Like, he might be like, it's Rochelle. It's not It's not rash. You've got to pronounce it correctly. Yeah, that is the problem. Uh, well, let's get to the mailbag. Um, uh, yeah. Before we do that, you're doing shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I am, uh, indeed. So, yes, you can come and see me at the Comedy Theatre. I'm doing 12 shows only of my uh, new show, Illuminate. Um, I think it's fun and funny. Um, it needs to be 60 minutes and it was an hour 45 in Darwin the other night. So, look, I've got some trims to make, but that will only mean that it's said faster. 
so, no, but it's fun. And thank you to everybody who came out in Darwin as well. I know there was a bunch of people who listened to this particular podcast who came to that show. So thank you very much. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. A bit of cross-promotion. And uh, like I mentioned, Michael Chamberlain is the guest on Fofop this week. Uh, Tofop is also back uh, every Wednesday. Tofop.com for all our other podcast ventures. Uh, Oscar has written in to say, do you guys have any advice for a cat fan? For the upcoming years of mediocrity, please have a few years of mediocrity before being good again. Um, okay, so here's what I say. I don't buy that they're that bad at the moment. I think that there is just that they finish later than everyone else. They're old. They're taking a while to get going. Round eight. Round eight is when I'll make my determination of whether or not you're going to be bound for, for years of mediocrity. Yeah, and only then you'd still be like, well, there's still 15 more games. And if they they proved last season they can win fifteen in a row, so like even at that point you'd only be ruling them out theoretically at round eight. <laughs> uh, Cindy wants to know: Do you have any thoughts of Tom Barras's bandage? Well, that game is actually happening while we're talking. I did see it, so he copped a knock on the chin. So he had one of those ones where you know they strap from the top of the skull right around under the chin. I just would have thought with like you know, medicine and technology and stuff that they would have some kind of like gel or something rather than like wrapping a bandage around a guy's head. It still seems very basic, yeah. right? This is, they were like, this is it. This is the best thing we've worked out. We've tried other shit, to be honest. This is it. This is the best way to do it. Uh, uh, Mangoriand says, the Saints song is so boring to perform after a win, does it need an alt-rock update? I don't know. I don't think the was Saints... There, was there not some sort of alt-rock update that everybody was complaining about that Dan Sultan and some other yeah, people it was did? Good. Yeah, people were... Yeah, Dan Sultan, people were complaining. Um, the chick from Killing Heidi, what's her name? Ella Hooper and, uh, and another singer. Ella Hooper? I can't remember. Yes, I thought it was good. Uh, Dan Sultan's cool. Alex Lay, I believe, it w- was as well. They're all very yeah, I, great artists. But, like, I saw people got mad about it for some reason. I didn't see it. I just saw people got mad because this is the way of the world. <laughs> people love to get mad about stuff. Uh, Julian says, it's not too late for Charlie and Will to become Suns members in 2023. You know what? I watched the first half and, like, how do I was like, oh, God, they're so bad. But you talked me around. I mean, Jack Lukosius, uh, favourite of this show, kicked five goals, I believe it was, and kicked one absolute monster drop punt from the centre square, which is just, uh, well, he might not have a personality, but he can kick a ball. Um, you got any interest in becoming I, a Suns member? I was even had some interest in going to this game today. I had said that. Yeah, well, I thought you I'm, might have been I'm going now in, in Melbourne, right? Yes, I'm de- now in a different part yeah. of the country, so it wasn't very convenient. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I... I like the Suns. I I, I I like, you know, there's a lot of their players that I really think are great. And, yeah, I I reckon they'd be a great second team. I just don't know, as a St Kilda fan, whether, like, you've already, like, this week I thought about you a lot. Like, once in 150 years, it's, it's not like a very, like, when you're celebrating, like, I love St Kilda, but it, you're suddenly starkly aware of the fact that you're like, this has not been a like successful club like i mean we've only mm. like got two but fucking double you like you're <laughs> <laughs> it's not that just we haven't been unsuccessful we've been yeah. so painfully close to being successful yes. it almost makes it worse like the bulldogs have even played in a grand final for no. 50 something years we've been in heaps of grand finals we've almost oh. won a bunch of them but we keep losing them you've been edging your supporters <laughs> For late decades, <laughs> teasing them, getting them right up to the point. But I, 
like, yeah. I, the, the only thing that I would caution against is you already have one of those in your life. There is a yeah. chance that the Gold Coast Suns might also be. Broden be, Kelly be on his podcast, The Footy, which is very funny and everyone should give it a listen. He pointed out, though, that it's worth getting a Suns membership purely for the benefits of being like a – because you can get a top-tier membership at the Suns for real cheap, and that means you get grand final tickets. So – if you're not an MCC member and you want to go watch the grand final, just buy a Suns membership and, you know, the chances are they might even be good at some point. I mean, I like the idea of the Suns. Like, I do. I think that I've, like, I used to be, you know, bulldoze the entire, you know, Gold Coast into the ocean. You know, it was a very <laughs> firm opinion of mine. But, like, I'm also happy to flip-flop around on my opinions. And I, I think I've re-embraced the Gold Coast, not just as a place but I think that, you know, I've had a closer view of it from where we've been living. And on, on closer examination, I feel like some of my initial prejudices might have been, yeah. you know. There are parts of the Gold Coast which are exactly and nothing at all like and Surface had, Paradise. You don't like Surface that's Paradise. That's exactly right. I had, yes, that's right. My opinion of Surface Paradise had infected my opinion of the entire <laughs> Gold Coast. And I think that is very unfair on the rest of the Gold Coast. So could I... Get on board the Suns as my second team. Like, yes, I think that I could. I think that I'm in favour of the Gold Coast now. I like Stewie Jew. Yeah. Um, you know. They need to win a few yes. more games and then I'll get a membership. But I'm, I'm not going to tie another another bloody millstone around my neck while I already have this very heavy – I love this club. I love the Saints. I, you know, I, I, I wrote a very emotional post about them and, and posted some photos of my – you know, a photo of me is my, six years old wearing my Saints jacket. Um, but like a dysfunctional family member, they're like the fucking drug addict brother or alcoholic uncle who you just can't rely on to be there at Christmas. But when they are there, sometimes you have a great time. They are the so best. much fun. Just don't Why rely on them for anything. Like them? Why are you fun yeah. like them? <laughs> That's what I'm going to say to the I'm sons. not fun, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm here when they're not here. That's what I am. And that is Two Guys, One Cup for this week. You can find us on at Two Guys, One Cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. Send us a message if you'd like to, but we'll be back again next week. I'm Charlie Knight. I say that. I say play on, not 15. <laughs> We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are Two Guys, One Cup.